I know the kind of pain you're feeling, Alex. I once had it myself. You some kind of doctor? No, Alex. I am Magneto, and I have come to offer you sanctuary. Welcome to Season 3 of the Grounded Futures Podcast. This is the show where we discuss topics that are important to our collective survival and thrival. We also dig into ways youth, and anyone really, can gain new skills to thrive amid current and ongoing disasters. This season's meta theme is all about trust. Trust in ourselves, trust in our work and art, and trust in each other. We are your hosts, William and Carla. Welcome to our show. Uh, we produce Grounded Futures on Squamish, Musqueam, and Salitude lands, but our guests are from around the world. A big thank you to Zach Bergman for our show music, and a big thank you to Robin Carico for our show art. We are joined today by our wonderful friend, Chris Time Steele. Chris is a co-learner, hip-hop artist, journalist, storyteller, videographer, and writer. Steele has an MA and is a precarious teacher who seeks to work outside typical teaching styles, experimenting with hip-hop and co-mentorship. Steele contributes to Truthout, has co-authored works with Noam Chomsky, Joy James, and Gerald Horn, and is the host of Time Talks podcast. Through music under the alias Time, Steele has worked with Common, Mick Jenkins, Shushu, and Psalm 1. Welcome to the show, Chris! <laughs> Hey, thank you all so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Um, I'm nerve excited because um like you're really good at this. <laughs> you're a really good interviewer. No, you all you all are. Ugh. Yeah, whatever. We don't get Noam Chomsky and Joe James and um Gerald Horn like calling us up after going, Can I turn this into a whole book? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you know, hope, there's hopefully. levels. Hopefully Chomsky doesn't do that after all that Epstein stuff. That was not oh, cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I haven't even talked to you about that. Yeah, that's also not surprising. It's very his wheelhouse to go. I don't have to answer that question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Um. but before we go on to talk about with you, we want to play a little game. Are you up for it? Yeah. Um. And don't tell us, but do you know how many songs you've done? Do you have like a ballpark Ooh. idea? Don't t- don't tell us the like that are actually out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I do. Okay, so give us a ballpark figure, like like you know a large range that's not a- anywhere near it. You know how to do this. We're gonna guess. Pick a num- uh, making making us pick a number between one and whatever. Okay, fifty so and five hundred or something. Yeah. It's gonna be like the Price is Right. Okay, so yeah, and the winner just is good at guessing. <laughs> so between fifty. And 800. Whoa. Do you want to go first? Uh, so I, pick, I just pick a random number. Yeah. Uh, or just like think about it. <laughs> I'll pick. I'll pick. 507. Uh, 388. Oh, that's such a hard one. Because I think it's about like 450 that I have what? out. So it's like right in the ear. Yeah, you're both right. In the middle. I was going to say 400 because I kind of did a quick map. Um, but then I was like, oh, but maybe there were some years where it was less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Holy moly. That's a yeah. lot of songs. Yeah. And it's probably, probably have like a thousand total, like unreleased. Right. Unreleased. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But wow. yeah with Bank, I think Spotify has like two, 
fifty or something, and then bank with Bandcamp, there's like an extra two hundred on Bandcamp. Okay, oh, wow. well. Wow, congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. (laughs) You both win. Yes, we are winners. All three of us. (laughs) Nice. Okay, great. Now we can actually (laughs) ask the questions. (laughs) Okay. I want to hear how you ended up working with all these incredible folks, writers and rappers. In your amazing essay for Trust Kids, you wrote, Kids ask questions. Kids have intuition. Kids have answers and find answers. I feel like this is based on your experience. Like, didn't you start organizing community rap and basketball events by the age of 13? So with all of that in mind, what are some of your watershed moments in life? Sometimes when your ideas and actions were challenged and changed, when you were like, damn, society sucks. (laughs) That's a good question. Oh, wow. I guess... I've oh well like the whole foundation of that answer is just curiosity. So I've always been curious about things, and then I've always just tried to take actions in weird ways, I guess. So when I like we had seen, me and my friend had seen someone that was stabbed to death at this park that we always play basketball in, and there was never any uh, tournaments that basketball tournaments that were really going on. And we loved hip hop, and Denver's kind of like this this island that doesn't get a lot of, I don't know, I feel like it didn't have the best art or wasn't really access to it as a youth. So we decided to start our own our own um, tournament. So when, one thing I started doing with Curiosity is I always had Slam Magazine. So I would go and look at eight. So this was 800 numbers times. This was probably like internet wasn't too big. And, uh, you know, when it was like trying to load all slow. So I would see like and one, there were 800 numbers, Slam Magazine's 800 number, and I'd be calling them from uh, pay phones because 800 numbers were free then. And I just started getting hold of people and getting people to sponsor things. And then I, I started to see, like, I can make connections outside of Denver. And this is how I met hip-hop artists, too, like Main Flow from Mood. And then they they got me connected when they came into town, and they were showing this uh, – this documentary on Mumia Abu-Jamal. So this just opened up my world just by being curious and just calling people and reaching out. And uh, that's the same thing. Like I'm just really good at getting dissed and getting told no all the time. And I, I just like basketball, you know, how many shots you're going to take. You may make a few and just brick all the others. So that's what I do. Like I have like probably most of my questions are in spam boxes and recycle bins across the world. But the few people who've written back have actually connected me to amazing things and people and art and and things like that. So I guess really just being curious and not being afraid to just get decimated or ignored. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. No, yeah, I totally get that. Like, uh, that's so cool to not being afraid to just ask anyone anything and interact with people and know that everyone is even if they're big artists are human as well and that you can interact with them and connect with them and stuff that's really cool that's really really cool yeah do you want to talk at all about the event or yeah and move on to another question (laughs) yeah like the the hoops and hip-hop tournament was really cool because it was it it was really inspired by one of the main sponsors he had a t-shirt um, called Hoops and Hip Hop. It was his brand. So I started selling it at the mall for him and he was part of the Zulu Nation. So he was friends with Curtis Blow who did like the old school track. Uh, you know, basketball is my favorite sport. Love how they run up and down the court. 
So, and that was even old school to me at that time. And I just thought it was so cool to learn about from the Black Spades to the Zulu Kings and then the Zulu Nation. And then when we ran the tournament, we had an MC battle in between games and then people could freestyle and we like made our own scoreboard and we found referees from the the rec center. And there was like tense things too at the, at the, um, at the basketball tournament. Like there was, there was a lot of gangs in the North side at that time. And we actually had some gangs, uh, one gang, uh, I won't mention was, uh, like security for this. And, uh, they looked out for like they, that gang even looked out for my dad. They knew him because of the tournament and like they respected my dad as an elder and they knew that he went to North high school too. Cause my dad's from that neighborhood. So it was cool. We just like really made a good community and, uh, Yeah, it was, it had its tense moments too. You know, it was like 14 running basketball tournament. I didn't know what I was doing. So, but yeah, it was good and it was fun. And we created what we wanted to see, which was something I didn't even know was like a thing with autonomy and anarchism as I would get older. Yeah, that's so fucking cool. Oh, it's yeah, so cool. it's like intergenerational mm -hmm. organizing, like yeah, from the exactly. youth up. I, of course, that's we a adore cool it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of our friends. Exactly. It's like a cool <laughs> moment of letting youth have that power to do that. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. um, the next question is a bit of a long one. You know, you've listened to the show. You know how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, you know that I always want, I'm always like saying you should change your title of your show, Time Talks to Time Listens, because um, I mean, that's what you do. Uh, and not only on the show, but everywhere and with everyone. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not alone who, in terms of people in your life and feeling that way. Um, and uh, in 2018, in the essay, Decolonizing the Classroom, Embracing Radical Internationalism, you wrote... <clears throat> While teaching political science in the community college circuit in Colorado, I was faced with pre-assigned textbooks that presented history from a Eurocentric male perspective, devoid of a critique of capitalism, patriarchy, and colonialism. On my first day of teaching comparative government, a student in the course asked why the textbook didn't cover any of the genocides in Africa, such as Belgian King Leopold. I'm not going to say them all. And you, you list them all, which is incredible. Um, and, uh, You reflected on this on, on, on your, and you write, you continue to say, I reflected on my white colonial mind and college education and realized I was never assigned readings that had to do with genocides in Africa. I decided to rework the course readings with student input to change this pattern and reproducing global white supremacy in the classroom. And then I realized, Chris, <laughs> this happening in the classroom is what led you to uh, Gerald Horn's work. Um, cause I think you speak about that. And uh, of course, now you've created this new book with him, which is I've had the pr privilege to read some. Um, and in the intro of that book, you wrote, when I first started interviewing people, I quickly learned that all you need to do is be present, hit record and listen with curiosity and care. So you've already talked about curiosity. So but the way you responded with listening to your students and then you took create action is so inspiring. It's really rare. Um, and it seems to not only be really about listening, right? Like it's about curiosity and care. And I wonder uh, if you could talk a bit about this practice of listening with care and curiosity, like is it who you've always been or was it cultivated? And if so, maybe you could talk about that. Mm, yeah, that's, thank you. That's a really nice, nice question. 
I think I think the care may really come from me not believing a lot of things and questioning a lot of things. So like I don't believe my own bullshit and then I don't believe other BS like an assigned textbook or something. And then I guess that combined with questioning authority So I'm, I, I always in a precarious situation. So being an affiliate faculty, I'm not really afraid of being fired because I'll most likely be fired next semester anyway, every time, because I don't have a PhD and I'm barely getting paid enough to even teach. So I combined with all those things is a lot of like, there's not a lot of fear there, but then there's a curiosity and care. So when the student said that, obviously, I care what he's saying. I obviously agree Seeing being a, a teacher is already a hierarchy thing. Like even the way the classroom set up, I'm standing in front of them, I'm giving them a syllabus. I have no idea what I'm doing as a teacher. It's like my first time at community college. So I'm like, hey, I, I would question me too. And then when he said what he said, he was from Sudan. Uh, it sparked my curiosity. So then I was like, well, let's talk about this because I didn't even pick this textbook. That uh, that chair at the community college at Denver was a really right wing. Uh, history teacher is a strange, strange person. And uh, so, yeah, I was like, yeah, let's dig into this. So then I wrote down all those things and just uh, dug into it. And then when I started trying to talk to a lot of other professors, um, I don't know, I, I don't always gel with a lot of different professors. I don't know if it's a class thing. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe it's a personal thing, but a lot of them want it they wanted to engage with that or they said, well, they, this textbook is good. It's peer reviewed. So I felt very alone with that. So then I went in and I was like, well, who else can I talk to? Well, I could talk to Gerald Horn. I could talk to Joy James. So then I was like kind of doing research. I guess that maybe ties into my journalism too and curiosity. Well, I can just interview someone about this and there's a power in that, especially when you feel alone. And it's nice. Like even this podcast conversation, we schedule this to, to talk to each other. That's a beautiful thing when um, people are so tied up in their own lives and you can schedule a conversation and, and talk to someone. So I think really, yeah, those are the ways that it really ties in with questioning and and then having care to like trust what someone's saying, actually listen to them. Because most people dismiss it and they think, you know, they want to like a, a guy like me, they, they would mansplain that away. Like, oh, I see your perspective, but this is the textbook that's chosen. And you can always dig into that in your own time. You know, there's all those default mansplaining answers. And I try to just resist those. I still do that, of course, but I, I try to resist it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, you, you mm -hmm. in my experience, you don't do the well, actually. Or, uh, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you haven't done that at all yet. Either, so, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, and I, uh, my whole, well, big chunk of my post secondary education was in genocide studies. And you're right, like it didn't come up. And this was over 20 years ago. Um, it was really rare that it came up. So, these are the, these are the seeds. Um, and they're really important. Uh, thanks for doing that work. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that was really cool. That was a really good answer. Um, yeah, and uh, to go into the next thing, uh, your writing spans many genres and styles and even your voice ship shifts. It's so cool, but more from your essay in Trust Kids titled A Fatigue-Wearing Judas, Acknowledging Histories and Breaking Cycles. You wrote, I had tr trouble writing this story. 
Writing isn't always hard. Not hating hating yourself is hard. Writing your story and your truth can be disillusioning. And when you do, you realize you aren't as alone as the process of writing can feel. This is deep with meaning. And how did you break through this feeling to write? What are some steps a new writer can take to push through doubt, fear, and the rest? Mm, that's a really good question. I think I think really like finding your whole strength in vulnerability for one, but not just with writing, but opening up to your friends and others on like what you want to write and maybe how you would write it. And you, you may be stuck in your head and write, cause writing can be, Bill Hooks always talked about this, of it being a very solitary process for her, but then she found like it to be meditative as well. But I can find myself being, being stuck in my head. And I do that with music too. I really, I don't get a lot of feedback on music that I make. So I don't know if like people don't like it, if, you know, we don't sell out shows all the time. So I get stuck in that too, but I guess the other part where you meet yourself is with trust and that vulnerability and trust, it becomes really powerful. It's like a, it can be a superpower when you, when you have vulnerability, like I am being real and I am trying to explain how I feel, even though it may feel moot or weird, it's most likely there's some truth there and other people are going to feel that. So I think that's kind of what I was, I was really digging at. And I, I do have a lot of self-doubt with a lot of things I do. And that's probably comes from a lot of class things as well growing up and uh, not being exposed to people who were writers, not being around other musicians. And then when trying to do it, getting pushed down from that, because I don't come from a family who does any of those things. So there's a lot of like gatekeeping and stuff. But, um, you know, back to the thing of just really like not caring, um, like the art of just letting stuff go and going for it. I think that's where, where I really find my power. And then um, the, the the editor of this book was an extremely powerful person. So I want to thank you, uh, Carla, for, for encouraging me and helping me give, give that voice. And it's one of the favorite, my favorite things I've ever written. And uh, it's not a solitary act at all. That's what I'm really saying here. It's, it's about sharing it with others and uh, encouraging each other and not saying no to each other and watching the magic bloom from that. Yeah, no, it was really cool. Like it, it really, yeah, it really resonated and connected with me and my whole family and which is all it was just yeah it's really cool your writing is really really good even in music it's really cool it's thank like, you yeah yeah thank you thanks for saying that but mm-hmm. yeah I love this essay because it's mm-hmm. um I don't know you did a thing where you exposed all the different levels where youth oppression is happening or adult supremacy yeah. is happening um but then you also right alongside it showed all the blooms and mm-hmm. all the cracks where adults yeah. could show up in really incredible ways and where young people can show up for, in really incredible ways. And you just, it was just so mm-hmm. poetic and um, multi-layered. So I just love that. Essay. Yeah. Not <laughs> afraid to yeah talk about every experience, yeah, yeah. which is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's really all really good advice too. I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it reminds me of, it's about connecting like um, I think Ruth Ozaki talks about this. Like there is no binary between the reader and the writer like it's it's such a deep relationship yeah. um and uh yeah, whether definitely. it's the listener or the rapper right um oh yeah so true that that's why you know people like commercial music too like mm-hmm. i do too because mm-hmm. you live that fantasy like i'm i'm on the yacht with rick ross and yeah. i'm sipping ace of spades 
<laughs> <laughs> but you're not but you, you know that's it's a fantasy of it's why totally. we like reading books too yeah Yeah, yeah I love no that. definitely yeah that's so cool mm Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, okay, another little bit long one, but not as long. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, you're so good at holding um, the multiplicity and the contradictions of many truths or many lies or many facts, how facts are weird. Um, and -hmm. I remember talking to you about how historical materialism is very Eurocentric and in a very classic Carla style, I got really stuck in the brambles with it and slightly confused. And um, you were so clear, like right off, right, right away. And it got me out, it got me out of the brambles. And um, you didn't supply the answers, but you supplied openings, like you, you came in with a hatchet and got rid of the brambles so I could move. Um, and I think you do that for a lot of people. And uh, thank you. And then, I don't know, like a year later, or six months later, you're amazing song whose dystopia comes out and you have this line that to me just sliced right to the heart of it which is history isn't materialist different realities are actual i mean how do you do this i mean i mean, i always call you a poetic historian for this very reason because you you grab such a large concept and you're able to say it in a one line and it covers profound depth and says so much and um I don't know. I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious about that process because I think there's more to it than you. It just you just hear it and you write it. Um, and uh, yeah, like which of these ideas? I mean, there's probably not a hard line, but you know, when do you decide that sort of something you're kind of chewing on becomes a, a rap, like a song, versus like a written piece, like an essay or something like that? Maybe maybe there's weavings. Mm. I definitely always try to go for rap first. If I can get in rap, I'm good. I feel happy about it. And that's, that's where I am. I've always been, I've always been a rapper since I was like 12. So that's what I do. And, uh, it's, it's the way I communicate and it's, it's the way that I, I, yeah, it's the way I communicate best and most vulnerable. The, the way that I probably, boil stuff down so fast is being a rapper is like being in a big family and you, you just got to get it out and you got to get it out in a succinct way and being part of freestyles and ciphers forever you know that you'll be rapping and the next rapper will start you know going yeah uh yeah you know that's that, that's them saying okay i'm up next you're done so you gotta get your stuff together and succinct that's uh that's one way and then whose dystopia probably came about for me uh arguing with a lot of uh, a few people i know who are marxists or communists and they're they're always uh, harping on this uh got to approach stuff from science and scientific theory and applying that to history and it just has uh, i know there's different ways to interpret historical materialism but that doesn't it that's never made sense to me because just from that line like don't you see dystopia in the santa maria or Or the Mayflower's anchor, like the Mayflower's anchor could be seen as how the Japanese may view the H-bomb of like, look at these perspectives. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't boil down these things to science. They, that's, that's colonial thinking to do that. And it's Western thought. So I'm always just thinking through that as well, because our default, like I'm in the, I'm in the U.S. and Denver, the homelands of the Cheyenne and Arapaho, like the, There's no humidity here. We have high air, but the the mythology of 1776 is an extreme thick fog of propaganda 
and mythology just going through this whole country and everyone's in a, a like we've ta I've talked about this before of this consensual hallucination of of propaganda and to see things in a historical material this way I feel is really this a very similar way of thinking and I just try to always think through these things and, and then see where these dualities break apart No, that that was that was such a good answer. It was so cool seeing that of the history of how you started all of that and whatnot and stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I um, I feel like you also like, and and it links back to listening. Like, mm -hmm. I think um, you do a lot of conversations and you read a lot and like, yeah, I think that there's like a there's a lot of depth in your music and your raps because you put a lot of care. It's back to care and curiosity and listen to the trifecta of Chris time still <laughs> work. <laughs> um, I yeah, love that song. Um, yeah. Thanks so, so much cool. for talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And shout out to Shane Noir. Her verse yeah. Is so amazing on that her too. piece is great. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. You have such cool answers. I'm like, I can't actually think of an answer. Cause I'm like, you, you said everything. So <laughs> sometimes we have just those people on where I'm like, You, you, want, you, you already said it. everything, so I don't know what to add. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, yes, next question and thing. This is a little thing, fun thing for us. Um, I feel like we should talk about uh, anime and manga and how we share a love for Ginkgo and the anime Mushishi. You even oh, cosplayed yes. him, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. And how does anime and manga influence your work? Yeah, it's so it's so uh, crucial. I mean, mm -hmm. hip hop and anime have had a long history together. I mean, from Adult Swim and and Toonami, they always had like uh, Jay Dilla and MF Doom and Stone Throw artists. And I just remember like late at night we would try to catch these animes that's the only time we would catch them because we would only find manga in denver at um like boba shops back in the day now they have manga everywhere like it's in barnes and noble and all the stores so it was always just something we were trying to catch and trying to find in denver so it was late night tv we catch like a gundam episode cowboy bebop uh, you could find dragon ball z and that was cool too it's just blow our mind because we loved martial arts And then from Wu-Tang, we were in more into martial arts as well. And um, this was before like YouTube and all this stuff like really took off to where you can look up so many things now. But with but with anime, there's just something so, I don't know, there's just something so deep about a lot of anime and the writing and then what it's able to convey. And then a lot of the, the, the Asian influences and the ways that they they put a lot of care into color. So like these colors that would come out of like the Green Legend Ran and Cowboy Bebop and then the way that they pair the music, it's all like it hit me so philosophically the way I, I don't know. It just conveys a lot of information to me, just like hip hop conveys a lot like hip hop has an ability to just convey like exabytes of info. And I feel like like Mushishi does, too. Like it's so philosophical, like he's, you know, he's he's like pouring stuff in this person's ear to get the mushi out and then the mushi like clouds like the different senses and and then all the four spirits and the lore i don't know i just i love i love all the philosophy that comes from a lot of anime and and it's just honesty too right yeah no that's such a cool answer no i 100 agree i 
I wish I had, <laughs> I wish I was able to, like, I, like I had the access to knowing more about anime when I was younger. I mean, I watched all the Ghibli films, but I didn't really get into anime until later. And my brother has the same thing. So it's like, because with just the people we were around. So that's really cool that you grew up in a way of like actually having access to that. And like, like people, like you actually had people around you that like you'd put on the TV and you'd be actually like excited about watching that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think that's so cool because I I 100% agree that I, yeah, I wish anime was, I mean, it's become quite normalized, but like I wish more people would just be able to take it in as this to like this piece of media that's like, like you said, is really well written and captures people's heart the same way hip hop does and other things like that does. And yeah, no, I 100% agree. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. <laughs> and I, I love that answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I always love all the anime stuff that you bring to all the episodes too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk I'm, about uh, anime. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm quite obsessed. I've been obsessed for a while. <laughs> yeah, and I love that you like talk, mm-hmm. you you include Mushishi and with those yeah. other more um, dynamic shows because I've recommended Mushishi shushi to people over the years and they'd be like it's so boring oh they they uh, it's uh it's a heartbreaking they uh, these are this is why i don't you know they they have a hard time with and with shows that are like really slow paced quote unquote so like they because if you look at so much media now especially in the west like so much you know movies like marvel and whatnot is so fast paced and in your face of just like get the action out there, get everything fast, 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 fast. And I feel like with anime, like it still wants, it will have stuff that's like quite fast paced, but it like it, it, it's still wanting to do that, get being able to actually sit with it and like actually process what you're watching and wanting to have conversations after you watch it about what you just watched and the meaning in it and it gets you really interested now and okay now i need to like learn stuff about japan because then i can have even more conversation about what just happened and a lot of people can't take that <laughs> a lot of people are like i just need to like turn off when i watch yeah. stuff and it's yeah no 100 percent. that's well said yeah i agree mm-hmm. yeah it's the same want thing the explosions yeah explosions yeah. and violence yeah. yeah yeah or spoon fed right <laughs> yeah I don't want you yeah. to analyze i like that you called it philosophical because it's true yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah okay i was gonna ask one more question before we get into the well i have one more too we... before we get into the other yes ones, but yes <laughs> um we wanted to ask about uh where did the name time come from oh yeah this not an impressive story at all it's, uh, <laughs> but people want to know we all yeah. everyone wants to know <laughs> <laughs> it was the eternally ban me from being discovered on google and other ways um no it's uh going back to and one the 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 basketball brand there used to be this shirt because and one used to have like little trash talk basketball things on it and uh one of them was i had this shirt i'd always wear and it said i'm like time i can't be stopped and it has like this guy holding a basketball and i would always wear that shirt whenever i went to like the wreck the park so then People were like, this guy's always wearing this. Like, he's time. He's the time guy. So then it was the joke. I was like, time because I couldn't be stopped on the basketball court. So that was just my nickname in the neighborhood. Like, instead of Chris, I was like, hey, what's up, time? And we all had our little names. And then, uh, yeah, when I started rapping, it just stuck with me. So it's just a neighborhood nickname. 
Yeah, that makes sense. But that's a, that's so awesome. That's it's so a cool. really awesome story. It's super cool. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, it just suits you so much. It does. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I would have, like, listened to your podcast or reached out. I just love, I was like, time, what's this about? Yeah. Because <laughs> so. you, yeah, the, so many conversations we've had about. Yeah, we, we like about time. About time. <laughs> so, um, so. Yeah. Um, before we get into kind of the questions we ask everybody, uh, we have a two-parter here. Um yeah, one, we want to play one of your songs that you can spend some time to think about. Maybe you could, I mean, maybe who's dystopia, but also open to something newer. Um, they could maybe you could introduce and we'll throw it on at the end of the show for folks to listen to. And the second thing is I kind of heard a rumor that you do on the spot rap. And we're curious yeah. um, if you could do a rap, but yeah. Would you be willing to like do a little on the spot rap? <laughs> yeah, I could do it on the spot rap. I let's see. What about some uh what about some topics or some words? Um sure. I uh, have I mean... like I put my um computer on top of a couple books and also I have stickers. Um what what's helpful? Like we throw them at you as we go or up front? Either way. You could put them in the chat too. We can okay. do yeah. Um, well, I pulled a card for the, for the, the conversation. Oh yeah. And it was inspiration. So let's start with that. You can write that in. I just, I, yeah. You wrote Finn. Yeah. These are all the things you have around you. Oh, nice. These are good. (laughs) (laughs) You want to do the inspiration thing? You can write that down as well, Audrey. Oh, I'll I'll remember that one. Yeah, okay, there's some trust. Any other words? Uh, oh, no. uh, oh. <laughs> 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 yes, Mochi. <laughs> okay. Let's okay, well, so it's a little harder without a beat, but we'll go ahead and do this. We're we we'll incorporate these words in here. I'm not going to be able to do a beat. Can you do a beat? <laughs> mm, I don't think I can keep one. I think I could start right, it and then it would uh it would trail off. Do it. Just start. It will slowly become techno. <laughs> I mean, I could also just like tap a pen, like okay. a like a pen on to get like the, like the yeah, like just to okay. get that going. And yeah, you, that yeah, you can trail off. You don't got to keep going. Yeah, take it back to the lunch room. <laughs> we'll take it back to the lunch room. Every morning I wake up and I have brunch with doom because they can never get it. They can never understand. So every day I listen to Sun Ra, feel like a motherless child. And I'm really trying to find myself. Shout out to my mother. Really hope that we could find each other. I put no one else above her. And that's all right when we take it from here to Denver. I'm just trying to remember. Tell an MC that really my pen is colder than December. And thanks for having me on your podcast. My pen is like a rod and I write real fast. Try to do it like magic and spill out. These different words try to get through the pain and strife and untangle this entangled life. And they want to see what happened each time we do it, even though I got a rhyme from my soul telling these people out here that we're on the soul patrol. When they really want to say what happened, I'm right and I'm planting seeds. They want to say, take what you need, but you ought to give back. That's called reciprocity. These other people really don't understand it. I'm rhyming through the stratosphere with unbelievable velocity. You were loved. I go above like tech and guru. They want to say what happened like Gainstar, but no one 
never really knew you and this is a new premiere that's dj wordplay they can never catch it each and every day when i do this even though they heard them that's a murder that's a bunch of crows i can never really turn the sound on i never get muted they really want to say what happened i'm the best and there's no refuting but we're all the best if we're all in a hall of mirrors i'm really just trying to trust they really want to say what happened through this different paradigm shift i bust and they want to say this and that but really i'm just trying to get these things off of my lids we're trying to do this from here smash adult supremacy and trust some kids and i might watch some mushi or another blues brothers show like john belushi oh, <laughs> oh that was so good <laughs> oh my god oh, that was so good i'm like i couldn't like bowing <laughs> yeah. i never could do that <laughs> no. ever oh that's so <laughs> fucking cool wow that was that i just so you you, you got some deep lines in there, maybe some yeah. future songs. <laughs> do you do you ever use some of those from in future? Like, do you ever grab lines? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I'll like if if I'm ever stuck, I'll just uh, freestyle or mm -hmm. I'll freestyle mm -hmm. in the car because I feel like like if you freestyle, you can all of a sudden like you let go of a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I want to write a good song like that. You're just lying to yourself. So then. You just let it go and you freestyle and then you fly up into an ether pocket, I feel sometimes. And then you can yeah. just, you know, grab a few things and then yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. You yeah. must have awesome memory and you'd be able to like yeah. remember words on the spot like that. I could never do that. <laughs> Same. It's yeah. brilliant. Thank yeah. you. Did you um know a song? What song you would like us to play? Hmm. Uh I'll probably let you all pick a song. I do have a new song that I just finished. I like putting, um, I like the honor of, I mean, we did that with Soul when we had him on Silver Threads. He okay. gave us a song before it was out, and that's special. Um, okay, let me, um, let me get you a, let me find the intro for this then so I can explain it. It's a very special song. Oh. It requires a few sources, though. Let me, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, Okay. I think I'm learning new stuff as I'm researching this. So oh, I don't, wow. I was, I don't even know what I was doing. Um, so Imagine. This, this track is called Our Day Will Come. And it's from a new album called Depressed Joy. And I was working on this track about Bobby Sands, the uh, Irish revolutionary who, uh, who died of a hunger strike under uh, Margaret Thatcher. And I've been studying... Bobby Sands for about a year for this song and I've been reading everything I could find from him, his prison writings. And then uh, I wrote this song called the ballad of Bobby Sands. And then I had leftover stuff cause I, I read for like a year and I found this song called coming together by Frederick Rizuski and he's a conductor. And he originally did this track where he took a paragraph from a, from a prisoner who was in Attica and his his pen name in Attica was was a Sam Melville and he he writes this paragraph in in prison and they take it and the they they have like the whole orchestra going but they read the paragraph but they do it almost like a wave as I I haven't seen it explained that way but you say the first sentence and then you say the second sentence and then you go back to the first then you say one, two, and three, and you go back to the first, and you slowly read the paragraph. And when you read the whole paragraph, you then 
you then erase the first sentence of the paragraph and read this. So then it, it comes and you read it all. Then you just read the last words. So I found this uh, this beautiful paragraph from Bobby Sands, and I recreated this uh, this composition in my own way. And I redid this, but I did it with Bobby Sands' words. So I'll read I'll read the full paragraph from Bobby Sands. This was some of his last words on Hunger Strike. It's uh, it was extremely amazing. And I just recorded the song, I think yesterday. So, so this is Bobby Sands. I was a skeleton compared to what I used to be, but it didn't matter. Nothing really mattered except remaining unbroken. I rolled over once again, the cold biting at me. They have nothing in their entire imperial arsenal to break the spirit of one single political prisoner of war who refuses to be broken, I thought. And that was very true. They cannot or never will break our spirit. I rolled over again, freezing, and the snow came in the window on top of my blankets. Our day will come. Our day will come. Oh, that oh was awesome. wow. Thanks for sharing that that mm -hmm. whole entire um, story about how you got there. And I kind of was hinting on that earlier about like how you get those one lines, like <laughs> the year-long research dive that you do for yeah. one song. Um, That's so cool, though. I've never uh, heard of that story before. So Okay. Yeah, I look forward to... So you're going to send us a song and... Yeah, we'll play it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for reading yeah, that intro and giving the context for it. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I, I yeah, I haven't really explained it to uh, anyone. I was going to reach out to the composer to when oh, I get it done oh, and see wow. what, they, yeah. what they think about it. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah I love I, songs with meanings. Yeah. Like stories. Yeah, yeah like entangled stories like yeah. that too. Or... Mm -hmm. And uh, Love Depressed Joy, such a good name. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you um yeah and thanks for your work on on this uh new album too uh, yeah i have like a song on there it's <laughs> <laughs> very exciting um and you don't get to listen to it ground of futures listeners until later um <laughs> uh yeah uh we kind of did things out of order so now we're all why don't you do this one and then we'll oh yeah we would love okay these are the four questions that we ask everyone okay we would love to hear some of the ways you cultivate thriving and thrive distance in every day. <laughs> yes, oh, thrive distance. <laughs> I guess thriving is thriving is like kind of a conscious decision, but then something I have to also not focus on because just like I'm always studying the Tao is like things that you seek, like they run away from you. And things that you chase are gonna are gonna leave you. So I always have to try not to explicitly go after thrive system. So I have to remind myself and my mind is very active. So some ways I do this are not in uh not in healthy ways. Uh so sometimes I thrive by changing my consciousness somehow. Maybe that would be with exercise, um, certain types of of uh what you would call drugs or um, what is the other one? Exercising, basketball to stop the internal dialogue or fasting. So I try different ways to disrupt myself to to make sure I, I can still thrive. And, and that can be just, you know, acknowledging your depression is, is walking with you at this time. But at the same way, I look at I look at gratitude, friendship. Uh, those things are crucial. Um, remaining disciplined in certain things. Uh, breathing, breathing ways, meditation. Um, my big, my big one right now is really just surrendering, 
Uh, I'm really just exploring surrendering in, in a lot more ways. And seeing things like I've been working on seeing a lot of things as sigils. So like you may have something like thriving and you kind of charge it up, but then you just let it go, let it, let it go and let it thrive. You don't. So that, that may be a thing where I don't actually, I'm not trying to cultivate thriving. I'm trying to like charge it and let it go. That's such a cool answer. No, I, I, uh, I resonate with that very well as well. Yeah. I definitely try to work towards that a lot of just sitting with it and taking in everything that's happening and try to be present. It's all about presence, right? It's like, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. As I've done this show, I realized that, oh, what I'm really asking is how do you get present? Yeah. And that was like, that was an answer that like literally was yeah. how you get present. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> that was a yeah. whole bunch of ways of being present. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it really was. And of yeah. course we love the Tao. The yeah. Shout out to the Tao. Um, yeah. And the, that piece about discipline or like Joy James calls it devotion. I love, I love that nuance because it's like a devoted love to mm -hmm. yourself that can be disciplined. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that everyone gives different answers. So. I know. Yeah. Um, it's really awesome to see everyone's different stories. Uh, I've switched up the trust one a little bit because I know you listen. <laughs> I'm curious if you can share a story of a time when trust shifted your thinking or creativity. And, you know, and then also, yeah, speak to maybe how trust animates your life and work and creativity and art. Yeah. I would say, well, I guess the the celibate story is a really strong one on trust. I'm trying to think of a another story on where trust works. Oh, a a, re a recent one is our, our newest album, "All the Dreams I Ever Had," with with awareness, Chavo, and that whole album came about from trust, which is funny. He uh, we were trying to we had a show in two weeks, and he said, "What should we do for our set?" And we were thinking about it. And he's like, I'll, I'll make a set that's all going to flow together. And I was like, okay. And then he's like, wait, it should just be a new album. And the whole album will flow together. And that, that'll be the set. I was like, but it was two weeks away. And he's like, we can do it. So then he just sent me, he just made one beat. And he made like five minutes of a beat that kept changing that night. And I just started writing to it. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. And then the next day he got it up to 10 minutes and we went for like four days and it was 25 minutes and we were done. And then it, it had turned into a whole story. So then we were like, wow, we made a whole album in a week. And then we had another week to get it mixed and mastered and then memorize it all for the show. So this is all based on trust. Like you talk to someone else and it'd be like, that's not a good idea. You got to make sure your music's good. You got to make sure your words are good. You got to make sure you recorded it. There's no way you're going to be able to memorize it. We just ignored all of those, all that doubt and just went for it. And, uh, and we've, we've been doing this for 20 years. So we trusted ourselves based on that. So I would really say, yeah, that is the, that's a great example of trust. And, and like, uh, I've been listening to Sade a lot again, and I really like her song, Love is Stronger Than Pride. So that's been another thing that's really been getting me through is, um, coupling love with trust yeah no that was so cool that's so cool love with trust yeah oh, and that album is incredible i yeah that's so cool i put it in my first joy letter as a recommendation because it blew my mind i can i mean i it didn't surprise me you all did it that quickly because you 
both just really trust your mm-hmm. trust your art and trust your voice. Um, yeah. And like you said, twenty years of friendship and collaboration brings together a. It's just a fertile ground of where magic can happen and bloom and grow. But also, yeah. it's yeah. I hope you do more with it because it's like a it it has the potential to be a rock or op- rap op- opera. Yeah, that's yeah, that's no, what exactly. We yeah. Yeah, we'll put links to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much. Um, what were you saying to me? Um, you asked a question. Just oh, now. I I know. I moved this. I did. I did. So I'm gonna ask this one, and then you ask that one. We already did this. We already did this. Oh, okay. So then I just. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, so this is the last. Uh, it's not really the last thing because yeah. we have one more little thing but this is like the last big question that's uh recommendation time can you share a book podcast shows songs that you would recommend for folks or that shifted your thinking in name a few oh yeah i would well mushi she for sure it's a recommendation uh a recent thing that uh, really inspired me is always inspires me is sal williams his newest film, Neptune Frost. Have you all seen this yet? It's an amazing film. It's like a sci-fi, like cyberpunk, Afrofuturist film. And he did the music as well. It's just amazing. And uh, it's anti-capitalist. It, I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, I recently ran across the poet Henry Dumas, who was, he was killed by police decades ago. I'm just discovering his work and his book, Ark of Bones is amazing. And on YouTube, I found an interview that he did with Sun Ra and it's him and Sun Ra having this uh, discussion. And it's like, they're playing Sun Ra's music so loudly in the background that you can barely even understand the interview, but it's amazing. Like just to listen to it, I'll send you the link. It highly has inspired me recently. Uh, of course, uh, trust kids and the the work that you're always doing uh, both of you and the ways that you all kind of uh, curate things is amazing uh, as far as I, I really like a lot of poetry so Alexis uh, Pauline Gums her poetry always inspires me Bill Hooks the prison writings of Bobby Sands and then as far as music I've been listening to this artist Kambada is great uh, Psalm One, Vic Mensa is amazing, and I really like that show Atlanta by Childish Gambino. If anyone has seen that, it's so surreal and just beautifully artistically done and and funny too. Yeah, those that was a really great list. Really I love. Yeah, list. it just went all over the place mm-hmm. in a deep way, though. Um, like always, I haven't seen the I film. That. I think Neptune Frost. I look forward to seeing that. Um, yeah, I'd love yeah. to watch it. I've never seen it. And the Sunra thing. Um, <laughs> you got really excited. Chris <laughs> yeah, has a really good song about Sunra, but I'm like clicking my pen. Sorry, Chris Berkman. Um, you have a really <laughs> awesome song uh, about Sunra that. Um, I think it's one of the first songs you were right working on when we were, became friends and you sent me like early lyrics of it. It was so ex- mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to do that about Cowboy Bebop at first. And it's like, I'm just going <laughs> to write about Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I was like, if you listen to it, the whole, every line is a wordplay from a Sun Ra song, lyric or album. And it's just like a five minute track of all this stuff. Oh, it was really so fun cool. to do. 
It was really good. And with you collaborated with like some Irish um electric yeah electronic musicians. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah. it's acid jazz band from uh yeah. Glasgow. Yeah. Yeah. So. so good. Can you can you actually just say a bit more about your book that's coming out? Before we move yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want to thank you all for, for having me on this. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful for the time and space and you you all listening and such cool questions. The uh, the book that's coming out later this year is with Gerald Horn, and it's called Acknowledging Radical Histories. And yeah, just excited for that to come out. And I don't have a date yet when it's coming out, but it should be this year. It's pretty it's much a, done. And it's a book excited. of interviews with him that like. That yeah, it spans that, five years. Yeah. And it's also like, what, 50 of his books or something? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and also to, wow. stories in between, right? Like this is why it's really unique your interviewing style, and why I think he reached out. Why you're doing this book together? Why you reached out is that you get him to weave in like kind of his humor and the social element of his work and engagement in communities alongside the rigor of his research. Um, mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Can't wait for everyone to read it. That's so cool. Yeah, that was that was one of my main goals because he did so much activism around. Uh, Mozambique and Zimbabwe and he never talks about it himself because he, you know he's a historian he digs into that but he's part of this history so it's cool to get that out of him yeah mm-hmm. I always learn so much when I listen to your um when you do release uh some shows with him I learn like so much so thank you for opening up worlds for us all in your mm-hmm. show excited for the book um and best way for people to be in touch with you and connect with your writing you and music yeah, you can uh reach us on Bandcamp on this is time.bandcamp.com or on Twitter or Instagram at time wraps. And I think I have an email link there somewhere. Great. Nice. Well, thanks so much for being here. This is our like last episode of uh, season three, all about trusts. And it feels really um, wonderful and mm. just perfect to wrap share this. With you. Yeah. Wrap it up with time wraps. I was a skeleton compared to what I used to be, but it didn't matter. I was a skeleton compared to what I used to be, but it didn't matter. Nothing really mattered except remaining unbroken. I was a skeleton compared to what I used to be, but it didn't matter. Nothing really mattered except remaining unbroken. I rolled over once again, the cold biting at me. I was a skeleton compared to what I used to be, but it didn't matter. Nothing really mattered except remaining unbroken. I rolled over once again, the cold biting at me. They have nothing in their entire imperial arsenal to break the spirit of one single political prisoner of war who refuses to be broken, I thought. And that was very true. I was a skeleton compared to what I used to be, but it didn't matter. Nothing really mattered except remaining unbroken. I rolled over once again, the cold biting at me. They have nothing in their entire imperial arsenal to break the spirit of one single political prisoner of war who refuses to be broken, I thought. And that was very true. They cannot or never will break our spirit. I was a skeleton compared to what I used to be, but it didn't matter. Nothing really mattered except remaining unbroken. I rolled over once again, the cold biting at me. They have nothing in their entire imperial arsenal to break the spirit of one single political prisoner of war who refuses to be broken, I thought. And that was very true. 
They cannot or never will break our spirit I rolled over again freezing And the snow came in the window on top of my blankets I was a skeleton compared to what I used to be But it didn't matter Nothing really mattered except remaining unbroken I rolled over once again The cold biting at me They have nothing in their entire imperial arsenal To break the spirit of one single political prisoner of war Who refuses to be broken I thought And that was very true They cannot or never will break our spirit I rolled over again freezing And the snow came in the window on top of my blankets Our day will come I was a skeleton compared to what I used to be But it didn't matter Nothing really mattered except remaining unbroken I rolled over once again The cold biting at me They have nothing in their entire imperial arsenal To break the spirit of one single political prisoner of war Who refuses to be broken I thought And that was very true they cannot or never will break our spirit I rolled over again freezing And the snow came in the window on top of my blankets Our day will come Our day will come Nothing really mattered except remaining unbroken I rolled over once again the cold biting at me They have nothing in their entire imperial arsenal To break the spirit of one single political prisoner of war Who refuses to be broken I thought And that was very true they cannot or never will break our spirit I rolled over again freezing And the snow came in the window on top of my blankets Our day will come Our day will come I rolled over once again, the cold biting at me They have nothing in their entire imperial arsenal To break the spirit of one single political prisoner of war Who refuses to be broken, I thought And that was very true They cannot or never will break our spirit I rolled over again freezing And the snow came in the window on top of my blankets Our day will come, our day will come they have nothing in their entire imperial arsenal to break the spirit of one single political prisoner of war who refuses to be broken, I thought, and that was very true. They cannot or never will break our spirits. I rolled over again freezing and the snow came in the window on top of my blankets. Our day will come. Our day will come They cannot or never will break our spirit I rolled over again freezing And the snow came in the window on top of my blankets Our day will come Our day will come I rolled over again freezing And the snow came in the window on top of my blankets Our day will come Our day will come Our day will come Our day will come Thanks for listening to our show. Grounded Futures is a media production and mentorship collaborative. And this podcast is produced by Carla Bergman, William Joy, Jamie Lee Gonzalez, and Melissa Sharp. And our sound tech is by Chris Bergman. Resources and transcripts for this episode are in the show notes. If you want to donate some funds or check out our other awesome shows, head over to groundedfutures.com or email us with comments and suggestions at groundedfutures at gmail.com. And please tune in next time to hear more from our incredible guests on how to thrive in the everyday.